you guys look good and you sound good, so it's all good. Um, this morning, we're going to end our series that we've been in uh, called Earth, Wind, and Fire. And uh, sadly, for some of you, you will not hear any earth, wind, and fire today. You know, we, we've been through this entire series this entire time and, and haven't played any earth, wind, and fire. But I do have something else for you this morning. We got any country music fans? One. One country music fan, all right? And so this is for you, Steve. <laughs> now, this morning, uh, I do want to play you a song. Um, and uh, anybody know Charlie Daniels? Ever heard of Charlie Daniels? Okay. Uh, and so if I said Charlie Daniels, what would you say? The devil went down to Georgia, right? All right. So that's we're on the same page today, right? Charlie Daniels, the devil went down to Georgia. So uh, I do want to play just a little snippet of that. Can, can you spin that tune for me just real quick? Okay. There we go. All right, so that's about all the Charlie Daniels you're going to get this morning, okay? Um, so Charlie Daniels, if I said Charlie Daniels, obviously a lot of you guys, what you make that reference is, you know, the devil went down to Georgia. And Charlie Daniels, uh, you know, he passed away uh, not too long ago. I think he passed away uh, just this past year, if I'm not mistaken. And um, so big country music guy. And uh, that song really is a song... Uh, that is kind of an homage or an ode to a lot of his musical influences growing up. And there are parts in that song when you get to uh, the part that says, Fire on the mountain, run boys run, the devil's in the house of the rising sun, chicken in the bread pan picking out dough, granny does your dog bite, no child no, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about? All right, so, so some of those lines in there are actually uh, odes to other songs. And so Fire on the Mountain would have been um, a song that a guy by the name of Bill Monroe, if you've ever heard of Bill Monroe, uh, Bill Monroe had a tune that he played called Fire on the Mountain. Uh, and then if you've ever heard the song, uh, you know, maybe uh, uh, the House of the Rising Sun, you know. And so they, these are kind of homages to or, or odes to um, his musical influences coming up. Now, that fiddle part that we played you at the very beginning, um, that is actually from another song. And I want to tell you a little bit about where that came from. There's a guy by the name of Vassar Clemens. Can you put that picture up there for me? Vassar Clemens. Vassar Clemens uh, was from Florida. I think he was, he was born in Kennard, Florida, a little place in Florida. Anybody know where Kennard, Florida is at, all right? And it's, it's, I think it's down near Kissimmee maybe. Um, and he is, uh, he was at seven years old, picked, it was given a fiddle and a radio. And he took that fiddle and that radio and began to teach himself to play the fiddle. 
he uh, would sit there and listen to it, never had any kind of musical training, never could read music at all, but he began to try to pick out the notes that were being played as he would listen to the radio. And so he would go to school, he would come home and do his chores, and basically said his life was just that routine, going to school, coming home and doing his chores, and then he would sit the rest of his time by the radio trying to play the fiddle to the tunes on the radio. And so uh, that was about seven years old. At 17 years old, he got a chance to join Bill Monroe's band uh, playing guitar. And so uh, Vassar played a variety of instruments. And he played with Bill Monroe's band. He played guitar. Uh, and then he went, went and played with a crew called... Uh, uh, Flats and Scruggs, I think is what it's called, Lester Flats and Earl Scruggs, and uh, helped, uh, they, they played, anybody remember the Beverly Hillbillies uh, tune, you know, the Ballad of Jed Clampett, he played on that, and so uh, this guy, he has kind of bounced around all over the place, and so he's played with a lot of different kinds of people, like Linda Ronstadt, the Grateful Dead, right? They didn't necessarily think, why is he playing with the Grateful Dead, you know? And so, and so he, he play, got a chance to play with a lot of different people. But he wrote a tune that was called the Lonesome Fiddle Blues. And the Lonesome Fiddle Blues was uh, original to him. And he had his own band for a while, and in this band there was a young man by the name of Charlie Daniels. And Charlie Daniels played in Vassar's band for a time. And Vassar Clemens had such an influence on Charlie Daniels that Charlie Daniels took his fiddle tune, uh, Lonesome Fiddle Blues, and that's the, that's the lead-in for The Devil Went Down to Georgia. It actually belongs to Vassar Clemens. And so why do I tell you all that? You say, why in the world? what does that got to do with the Holy Spirit, right? It's like we're talking about the Holy Spirit today. We are talking about the Holy Spirit today. This is not Charlie Daniels Day or, or Vassar Day. Uh, we are talking about the Holy Spirit. What's that got to do anything with the Holy Spirit? I tell you that to say this. Charlie Daniels' music was predicated upon other people's work. Charlie Daniels' influence uh, or Charlie Daniel was influenced by other people. And so when you hear tunes like The Devil Went Down to Georgia, it's not just standing on its own. It's standing on the shoulders of, of other people's work. It's standing on the shoulders of other events. And as I've started to think about that, I want us to go to Acts chapter 2 today because we're talking about the fire portion of the Holy Spirit, that this, this, this conversation, we're, we're getting to that point where we're talking about Acts chapter 2. But see, Acts chapter 2, in the same way that the devil went down to Georgia, didn't stand on its own. It had to stand on the shoulders. Acts chapter 2, sometimes we think, is just this brand new thing that, that God has done and that it comes out of nowhere, but it doesn't. See, that this Acts chapter 2, this, this, this experience that we see in Acts chapter 2 doesn't stand on its own. Actually, it stands on the shoulders of the experience that came before it. And that's what I want us to talk about today. I want us to talk about this experience that we see in Acts chapter 2. So if you've got your Bible, we're going to go there. Acts chapter 2. And this is what it says, and when the day of Pentecost arrived. What is Pentecost? Let me give you a little bit of background. Pentecost is one of the festivals 
in, uh, in Israel. It's one of the big three, right? So there's seven festivals that happen throughout the year, but you have three big ones. One being Passover, uh, that, that uh, just, we just came through. Uh, you have uh, the Festival of Tabernacles that happens in the fall. But then you have the Festival of, of Pentecost or Shavuot is how, how they would say it, Shavuot. And Shavuot is uh, 50 days. Pentecost means 50, and so it comes 50 days after Passover. That's, that's what Pentecost means. That's, that's what Pentecost is. And so it's a feast, it's a harvest feast that is 50 days after Passover. Passover. Now, we pick up and it says, and when the day of Pentecost had arrived, and it was a big time, it was a big celebration in Jerusalem, they were all together in one place. Who were they all? These were the disciples that had been been there and had seen Jesus crucified, had experienced the resurrected Jesus. And about uh, 40 days after Jesus resurrected, uh, Jesus was resurrected, he ascended into heaven, but he told them, he says, listen, he says, I want you guys to wait another 10 days for the promise of the Father. And so that's where we get 50 from, that as Jesus uh, ascended into heaven, that he says, wait for the promise of the Father. And so this brings us to this moment. It's not a coincidence. I want you to get this. This is not a coincidence. Well, that's a coincidence that it fell on Pentecost. No, it's not a coincidence. There are no coincidence in this story. This is God orchestrating his plan. And so we see here that they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came a sound a, a, from heaven, a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And, it div- and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. I want you to get this now. Don't don't miss what's happening here. They're from all over the place. All these guys are not from the same country or the same place. It says there was a gathering of the multitude. This means there's people from different places, and they began hearing them speak in their own language, and they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in his own native tongue, Parthians and Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, uh, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus, Uh, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya, belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, and Jews, and proselytes, Cretans, and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? What does this mean? What is this? Is this a miracle of speaking? Now, I know in being raised in a Pentecostal church, man, I've heard this one preached a lot. This is one that uh, I, would, I would hear a, a, a ton of. And, and so, you know, we, we always talked about it's a miracle that, that God orchestrated, and it was a miracle of speech. But I, my question is this. Was it just a miracle of speech? What, 
was it also a miracle of hearing? And I would say, yes, it's a miracle of both, that God is doing something here. But this event does not stand by itself because we have to go all the way back to Exodus 19. And I'm going to give you a chance to turn to Exodus 19 with me. Exodus 19. And so if, if you don't know what Pentecost is in the Jewish tradition, um, when they come together to celebrate Pentecost, what they're commemorating is an event that happened in Exodus. They're commemorating the event in Shavuot of the law being given. When Moses goes up on Mount Sinai and meets with God and God takes his finger and inscribes in the stone his law and and he writes his law down, these ten commandments or these ten words that he gets, he gives to, to Moses and his people. So this is what they commemorate. That's what Pentecost is about to Jews, is when they come together to celebrate this festival, they are commemorating, they are remembering God giving the law, the Torah, to Moses and to the people of Israel, that he is giving them instruction. Now, it's not a coincidence that when the Holy Spirit falls, Jesus says, listen, I'm going to my Father, but I want you to wait ten days. He didn't say nine. He didn't say seven. He didn't even say fifteen. He said 10 days because I want there to be a coinciding of events. I want you to get what's going on here. And so I want us to read this story in Exodus chapter 19. Exodus chapter 19, beginning in verse 16, it says, On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightning and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. I want you to get this this picture. They're at the foot of this mountain, and God begins to descend on the mountain. God begins to come down on top of the mountain, and they are terrified by this scene because there's thunders and lightning. There's there's wind. There is this great tumult. It, 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 it's, it's this amazing experience that they're having. And it goes on. It says this. And then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it with fire. What's, what's going on here? Do you see similar connections happening on the day of Pentecost? Do you see similar things that there's this rushing mighty wind, that there is this loud sound, that they begin to have these tongues of fire? And so there are similar experiences that are happening both in Acts chapter 2 and Exodus 19 that we see God is descending on the mountain in fire, and the smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the mountain trembled greatly. As, and as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him. How did God answer him? God answered him in the thunder. And God came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. Now, you've got to get this picture. They're, these people are terrified of this scene what is what is happening here what is going on god is asking them to come close because he is wanting them to know 
how they should live their life. He is wanting to give them instruction on what holiness looks like. He wants to give them instruction on what a life and a relationship with him looks like. And so when they come to get the Torah, they come close to this mountain. And when they come close to God, it's an experience, right? It's not just patty cake, right? This is not just, hey, we went, there was a little bit of wind, there's a little bit of breeze. No, this is not just sitting on the beach and, 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 and sitting under palm trees kind of deal. This is, it is earthquake type, type event. This is shaking the mountain. This is fire descending from the clouds and lighting up the top of the mountain. And so when you think about this and this, this picture there's similar things happening in both stories. There's similar things happening in, in, on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 and also here in Exodus 19. Now, you've got the people who have come out of Egypt. And what, what God is wanting to do, he is wanting to establish relationship with them. He is calling them to come close. And see, that's what we find in Acts chapter 2, that God is calling his people to come close. That he doesn't want there to be distance between him and them. And so when they get together to seek the promise of the Father, what's the promise that I will come and dwell with you? That's, that's part of the promise right there. That God will be with them. That was the whole idea of the tabernacle. That when they set up the tabernacle, the tabernacle was the tent. That meant that's where God's presence was at. And where was the tent? The tent was right in the middle of the camp of the Israelites. Right in the middle. And it, they surrounded their tents uh, toward the tabernacle. And they surrounded themselves with the presence of God. And, and this same idea God says, I want to be with my people. And that's exactly what John says when he writes his gospel and it says God came to tabernacle or dwelt. God came and dwelt with us. That in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And he talks about the Word coming and dwelling with us. That Word there is tabernacle. It's the same idea of, of God coming and being in the center of the camp of the Israelites and God saying, I want to be where you're at. And I don't want to just be where you're at. I want to do more than that. Because we begin to see in places with the prophets such as Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 36. Can you put that scripture up there for me? Ezekiel chapter 36. Ezekiel chapter 36. This is what Ezekiel begins to prophesy. And he says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, a new ruach. I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. We find that Jeremiah echoes the same thing that Ezekiel prophesied. And he goes on, he says this in Jeremiah 31, he says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. Now, where was the law on Mount Sinai? It wasn't yet within them, was it? It was on stone tablets, and God was giving them his instruction on stone tablets. But it wasn't yet within them. And this is what Jeremiah is saying. There's coming a day where God will put his law within them, and I will write on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. And this is a, these are terms of relationship. We find in Hebrews, the, the, the book of Hebrews, and, and, and the writer of Hebrews says this. Can you go to there? 
Hebrews uh, chapter 8, verse 10, and it says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws into their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. What are they saying? He's saying, listen, this experience that happened in Exodus chapter 19, this experience that happened in Exodus where God says, hey, come to Mount Sinai. I want to give you my heart. I want to give you my love. It looks different when you get to the New Testament. It looks a little bit different because God still has the same plan. He wants to be where? Close to his people. Where, and, and Jesus says, don't break out, guys. Don't hit the roads. He says, I want you to remain in Jerusalem. And they all went to one place, and they were in one place in prayer, seeking God and waiting for the promise of the Father. And then on that day, it's like the heavens opened up, and this Exodus 19 experience began to be poured out on them again. But God didn't come in Acts chapter 2 to give them some stone tablets. No, what he came to do was begin to write his law and his love into their hearts. That's what we see happening here, that God is calling us to be a people who is open to have his law and his love written on our hearts, that we become the temple of the Holy Spirit, that when God came down to the tabernacle and he, he, he manifested himself over the tabernacle, what did it look like? It looked like a, a cloud and it looked like a fire. And that's what we are. When we become a temple of the Holy Spirit, God comes in and he begins to do his work. He begins to do his work of bringing us to himself and transforming us. Anybody in here, you need to be transformed? I need to be transformed. I want to be transformed. That's what Romans talked about in, in Romans chapter 12. He says, uh, Paul writes, he says, let us be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Where did Jeremiah say he was going to write his law? He said, I'm going to write my law. I'm going to write my love, not on stone tablets, but I'm going to put it on their minds. I'm going to put it on their, their hearts. I'm going to breathe on them. And so when we look at this, experience with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to us, and there's three things that I want to give you this morning real quick, three things, and then we're going to take communion here in just a second. Three things that we're given for the Holy Spirit. The first thing that we're given, the Holy Spirit is given to us for is this, is that so that we can have power to live righteously. It's so that we can have power to live uprightly. What is righteousness? It, it, is, it is that that where we come close and say, God, you have a way to live, and we want to live in the way that looks like you. Lord God, I want to begin to reflect who you are. I want to reflect your love. I want to reflect your generosity. I want to reflect your forgiveness. I want this to be a reflection uh, of my life about who you are. And so what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit being impressed on our life and impressed on our heart is power for us to live righteously. But it's also power for us to live supernaturally not just naturally we're good with natural we get up and we do natural things all day long right in myself there's a lot of things that i can do and then there's a lot of things i can't do there's a lot of situations that i have been uh you know faced with in my life that i didn't know exactly how i was going to deal with them 
But this is the great thing about our God that he just doesn't push us out there and says, well, good luck with that, guys. No, he says, I am with you. And not only am I with you, I am in you. And so I am giving you power to live righteously, but I'm also giving you power to live supernaturally. That when you're faced with crisis, when you're faced with moments, when you're faced with those times that I don't know exactly what I'm going to do about it, it's okay because my God resides inside of me and He's given me the power to live the life that I need to live. He's given me the power to speak the testimony that I need to speak. He's given me the power to have faith like I need to have faith to believe that God can do the miracles that He can do. So we, we, we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has given to us to have power to live righteously. The Holy Spirit has given to us to have power to live supernaturally. But the Holy Spirit has also given to us to have power to live out His mission. What's His mission? It's so that we can take this love and this law that He's impressed upon our heart, and we can take this fire, and we can take it out to the world. That we're saying, God, start a fire in me. Have you ever, ever seen a fire fire that, that begins to spread? Anybody? You ever maybe burn something out in your yard? I was burning something out in our yard, and when we were living in Valdosta, I had this burn barrel. And, I, and, and it was right before we moved. And uh, we, were, we, we were selling this house, and this burn barrel is in the back corner of the, of the yard. And I was burning stuff, just trying to get rid of, you know, some uh, just stuff that we had in the yard and, 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 and get it out of the way and trying to clean up, and I walked away from that burn barrel for just a little while, and when I came back, my fence was on fire because that fire had spread from the burn barrel to the fence. My barrel didn't keep it in the barrel. It spread, and isn't that what fire does, right? Fire has that tendency to spread, and, and, and it can create uh, chaos sometimes. But the great thing about fire is this. Fire also has a way of purifying things. It has a way of refining us. And when I think about what the Holy Spirit does in my life and how the Holy Spirit has brought me from where I was at when I first experienced Him as a teenager at 14 years old at a youth camp altar when, when the Holy Spirit was poured out in my life and I see just how He has brought me every year, every step closer and closer to Him where I look more and more like my Father. I look more and more like the Lord. And I'm just saying, God, I want you to be seen in me. And what has developed in me has been mature it's not weirdness guys some of us say I don't like to talk about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is weird and it just makes people do weird stuff the Holy Spirit is not weird and it doesn't make you do weird stuff the Holy Spirit is not to make you weird the Holy Spirit is to make you mature that's what the Holy Spirit is about and so God calls us to be his people of maturity he's called us to be his people of righteousness he has called us to be his people of love and of power and says this is what I want you to share with the world he doesn't have a plan for the world to look weird he's got a plan for the world to come to know him and to be reconciled to him to be reconciled to his love and to be changed through that and so when we get to the book of acts it's not something new it's actually a song that god has sung before fire on the mountain run boys run because here we go we're going to sing this tune fresh and anew we're going to bring it back around new testament style and that's what i want us to do this morning i want us to sing that tune not fire on the mountain run boys run but I want to sing that, that song, God, burn in me again. God, my life be open to you. God, burn in me again. Don't let me just be dried up. God, just don't let me be defeated by the world. I want to live in a supernatural way through your spirit that I walk in victory. Anybody want that today? I want that. I want that this morning. So I'm going to ask the band if they'll come play.
And I want you to do this with me. We're going to take communion. Because I can't think of any better way to say, God, we want to participate with what you want to do than to participate in the things that God has invited us to do. Because Jesus said, continue to do this. He says, do this in remembrance of me. Do you know what the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit is not just about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit actually testifies about the work of Christ. And so this morning when we participate and we are obedient to what Jesus tells us to do, what we're doing, we're saying, Holy Spirit, I want to testify of what Jesus is in my life. So I want you to take that. Maybe you can look around if you don't have one right there at your seat. and You should have, have, have one close. If not, you can lift your hand and one of our staff will bring it to you. But I want you to take this little this little cup that's got a, a little piece of bread that's, that's on the top of it. And I want you to just hold on to that for a second. Because I want us to pray and I want us to examine our heart. See, God's Word tells us that we should do this, that we should examine ourselves. Because we don't want to take this lightly, right? We don't want to be casual with God. And so this morning, I want us just to bow our head. Father, we come to you now. We thank you for the chance that we have. God, your love is so good. Your word is true, and you've got a good plan for us. And that doesn't mean that everything that we always encounter is good, but, Lord, your good plan is that you're going to bring us through. Your good plan is that you love us and that you've not left us and that you intend to dwell with us and within us. And so, Lord, that's what we're doing. We just want to be a people who are saying we're a vessel that you can fill. And this morning we're asking, Lord, that if there's anything in us, Lord, wash us clean. If there's anything within this vessel that's not right, Lord, make it right now. Lord, if there's anything that's in us, Lord, that's not where we should be with you, Lord, I'm praying, God, that your Holy Spirit would convict us now that, Lord, we can submit it to you and surrender our will to you and you would wash us clean. Because, Lord, that's the work that only you can do. I can't clean myself. Lord, I need you to wash me. I need you to make me clean. And so that's our prayer this morning. Wash us, make us clean today. Lord, when we come to the foot of the mountain, we don't want to be laden with sin. We want to be released from sin. We don't want to be laden with what the world has put upon us. But, Lord, we want to be liberated this morning. So, Lord, we bring our lives to you, and we're asking that you would wash us, prepare us now. I want you to go ahead and take and peel back that first layer. This little piece of bread, it represents the body of Jesus. And we've come through a time just just a few weeks ago where we remembered the death of Jesus on the cross. And every time we do this, we remember the death of Jesus. And he said that we should. He says, every time that you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So this morning, we are proclaiming the sacrifice of Jesus on that cross. And so we hold this little piece of bread up and we thank you for your sacrifice, Lord. Lord Jesus, we're here today because you have allowed us to be here. 
we've made it this far because you've given us chance after chance after chance. And so this morning we come and, and we remember your sacrifice. This morning we come and we, Lord, celebrate your name, but we remember your sacrifice. We remember, Lord, that you became, Lord, uh, just the, the substitute for us, the propitiation for our sins, that you allowed yourself to be put on a cross and bloodied and beaten for us. Lord, that was a punishment that we should have taken, but Lord, you took it in our place. And so, Lord, we remember now, we remember, Lord, that this is a chance for us to be released, to walk in freedom, to walk in newness. And so, Lord, we remember your sacrifice. So we hold this up and we ask your blessing on this little piece of bread. In Jesus' name, you take it and break it. Partake. Peel back that next layer carefully. Lord, this little cup of juice represents your blood. And I remember as a little kid just singing songs about the blood, how the blood washes the sins away. Lord, today we remember the blood that was poured and spilled out for us so that we could have newness of life. And so, Lord, we hold this cup up now and we ask your blessing on it. Let this be life to us. Let us partake in this and not just be a religious act, but let this be life to us today. So we take, we ask your blessing on it. We thank you and we drink. Now I want you to stand with me because they're going to lead us in this song and I want you to sing this song. And I want you to sing it not as a song, but I want you to sing it as a prayer. That's just real easy and they're going to they're teach you this song. There's no place I'd rather be There's no place I'd rather be no place I would rather be here in your love, here in your love. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be here in your love, here in your love. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. Love 
I want you to do. I want you to just slip your hands up. Once again, Lord, we're open vessels. Pour into our life. Breathe into us. Holy Spirit calls things that have been dead to wake up. Calls things that have held us down, Lord, to be banished. Let freedom reign in our heart and in our life. And, Lord, so we lift up our hands. We're praying, God, you fill us. Fill our mouth, Lord, with your words, with your truth. Lord, fill our heart with your spirit, with your fire. Lord, let us burn with love for you. Let us burn as a bright light for you that people can see that and be drawn, Lord, to your word. So, Lord, that's what we're praying. Let us burn in our, in our, in our communities. Let our hearts be just lit on fire, Lord, for you. That it doesn't matter what steps in our way, Father. You give us the spirit and the power to overcome. You give us the spirit and the power to be a witness. So, Lord, that's what we're praying today. Set a fire in our heart. That we just can't contain this and can't control it. We're like the prophet who says, like a fire shut up in my bones. And I can't help it. I can't. I can't not speak about it. And so, Lord, let that be the same fire that burns in us today. Can we sing that again? Come on, let's sing it out, guys. Sing it out together. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain and that I can't Come on, somebody. Let's begin to worship. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain that I can't control. I want more of you. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. There's no place I would rather be. 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 Here in your love, here in your love. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. Here in your love, here in your love. Father, we thank you, Lord. There's no place we would rather be than in your presence. And so, Lord, as we invite your power to live through us and speak through us, 
to encourage us on those days where the enemy confronts us and says that we're nothing and that we're going to fail. Lord, we speak your word through the power of your spirit. It's not through the wisdom of man that we do this. We speak it by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we speak truth and we speak life. And we're praying, Lord, that you would live through us and let people see that in us. So we invite you to do your work in us this week. We ask, Lord, that you let us walk in victory this week. Let us be the people that you're calling us to be. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. 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 Listen, guys, we love you.